When I was 16 and I first got my driver's license, I didn't have my own car. So I would often go to my father and ask him for the car keys. And he would usually say yes. But that yes usually came with an if. And the if was if you bring your little brother Mikey. <laughs> Now this would be fine if my little brother Mikey, who was about two years younger than me and still is, um, <laughs> if he wasn't the most annoying creature on planet Earth, okay? Um, and he was probably really, really annoying because he didn't spend a lot of time with people, but he spent a lot of time with nature. We first noticed this when he was six years old and we were on a job site. We're uh, a construction family, okay? So my grandpa's there, my uncles are there, uh, my dad's there, and Mikey and I are there, and we're just doing grunt work, you know? And uh, onto the job site wanders a deer. And the deer kind of just saunters onto the job site, Mikey notices it, and he starts to walk towards the deer. And he gets closer and closer and finally gets close enough where my dad notices it and he's a little perplexed by it and so he kind of just nudges one of my other uncles. By the time, you know, a few more nudges happen, the whole job site has stopped what they're doing and they're looking at my brother who's just walking up to this deer and he doesn't realize this is abnormal. <laughs> he walks up and he gets closer and closer and the deer's just kind of looking at him. And he puts out his hand and he starts to pet this deer. He starts petting this deer. And then, and we're, we're all as amazed as you are about it. And <laughs> then he goes one step further and he puts his arms around this deer. Just like this. He just hugs the deer, puts his head on the, on the side of the deer, and just holds it for a while. That was the first time we noticed how Mike had this kind of spiritual, magical, weird connection with nature. Another job site we were at at a later time, Mike wanders off, finds a body of water, and comes back with a fish. <laughs> the thing was, he did not have a fishing pole. All he had was a candy cane shaped piece of rebar that he found on the job site, and he had it in the gills, and he just had this fish. <laughs> this is another time when Mike taught me how to catch frogs. He took me to a pond at night, it was dark, and we each brought our flashlights. When we showed up to the pond, uh, there was a chorus of frogs singing, and there must have been hundreds of frogs. But of course, when we get there, they realize there's a, some kind of predator here, so they all just go silent. Mike teaches me, okay, let's wade into the middle of the pond here, and we sit down, him on a rock, and me on a log, and okay, I'm like, what, what do we do next, Mike? He says, just, just wait. So what you do is you wait until they realize you're gone. They think you're gone. But if you want them to think you're gone quicker, you can accelerate the process, by croaking. So Mike said, here's what I need to do. I'm going to start calling out to him. And he goes, 
you'd waited. And then a moment later, you hear a frog from somewhere in this pond. <laughs> and then Mike would go, and they'd go, and then all of a sudden the chorus comes back. And you have them thinking, there's no predators here. And so Mike and I then take our flashlights, turn it on, and you look. And you just scour until you see a frog. And you shine it right in the frog's eyes. And you want to shine it right in the frog's eyes. And they, what happens is they freeze, like a frog in the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> and while they're just sitting there, you use your other hand and you just reach over and just grab it. And you catch it. And then you take it home, put it in a terrarium, and then you open up a pet shop and sell it to the neighbor kids. <laughs> so Mike had this connection with nature. But he had this disconnection with people. He was a little bit socially handicapped. So those times when I did get the car keys from dad and I did have to bring him with and it would be a little bit socially awkward. He was the type of person, you probably know someone like this, who can systematically and uh, just just get right under your skin and just wriggle around there. And just, they know how to, and just push buttons and just push it and push it and put. He knew how to do that really well, especially to my friend RC. See, his name was Ryan. My name's Ryan, so we couldn't have any confusion. He's RC. I'm Ryan. So <laughs> RC, my best friend, and Mike loved to bicker. Okay, it was usually about something stupid like who's gonna sit shotgun. And they would always fight. Mike would start pushing those buttons, and RC would start reacting. Some people like fireworks off so they can just see them explode, and that's why Mike did it. And RC was the perfect candidate. He would explode, they would bicker, go back and forth, and all the time it would kind of like escalate and escalate, and I would kind of be like, guys, knock it off, and it would escalate. And then RC would say this one thing. He always said it. He'd say, Mike, you know I can kick your ass. <laughs> and then Mike would kind of, yeah, and so he, would, <laughs> so he would stop. And this would always happen. This, this kind of like, you know, Mike getting under his skin, bickering, bickering, escalating, escalating. I can kick your ass. Yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> Until this one time when we were at Orcas Island for a family vacation. We often went to this, this Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands up off the coast of Washington State. You have to take a ferry to get there. Beautiful place. Now, I invited some of my friends. Now, this is a little bit later. I'm now 19 years of age. Mike's about 17. So I'm a little bit more mature. And, <laughs> and so, so we're, we're at Orcas Island. I had invited a few of my friends. Um, and, and RC was there. We're hanging out there. Uh, it's, it's nighttime. I don't know why, but we're hanging out in like a, a gravel parking lot. And Mike's there as well. RC's there and a few of the friends, and I'm there. And of course, Mike starts pushing those buttons. And it starts escalating, like it always does. And then it gets to that point where RC says his famous line. says, Mike, you know I can totally kick your ass. And then Mike stops for a moment, 
kind of sizes him up and realizes, I might be able to kick his ass. <laughs> so Mike, out of nowhere, just tackles him in the midsection. <laughs> and they go down to the ground and start rolling around in the gravel, fighting. And it's a little bit playful at first. And so me and my friends are just kind of you know, laughing it off. Just like, <laughs> but I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with it, you know, because my best friend's kind of wrestling with my, with my brother. And then it really made me uncomfortable when Mike had him pinned and RC couldn't move his arms. And Mike's just sitting there just slapping him. Just going, <laughs> like I said, I, would, I was usually pretty passive about it. Kind of, guys, knock it off. But something happened that night where I lost it. And I pulled my brother off of RC and I, by the shirt collar. And then I started to push him. I started pushing him back, and I was like, how do you like it, Mike? How do you like it? And then I, I pushed him so far, and I grabbed him by the shirt collar again, and I pushed him up against the trunk of my car. And I reached my fist back, and I punched my brother really hard in the face. And Mike was dumbfounded. So was I. And he just kind of like, he was a little bit out of character, so he just kind of wandered off awkwardly and, and just left. And then my friends and I had a laugh and carried on. The next day, I saw Mike on the dock. He was headed out towards the water to catch something. And I was headed back towards the beach. And I saw Mike, I said, hey, Mike. And he said, don't talk to me. I said, Mike, come on, just stop for a second. I want to talk to you. And, and Mike just says, leave me alone. And, he, and I started kind of going after him, so he just decided to go the other way, and he started going back towards the beach. And so I go, start going back towards the beach, and I'm following him, like, Mike, just, just stop for one second. I just want to talk to you for a second. And he just jumps underneath the, the railing uh, onto the beach, and I jump underneath the railing, get onto the beach, and I'm, I'm saying, Mike, Mike, what's wrong? He's like, nothing, leave me alone. And I'm like, just stop for a second. So we're speed walking down the beach. I'm trying to catch up to him. Finally. Mike sits down on a log and just starts crying. So I come up and I sit down next to Mike on this log. And I say, Mike, what's the matter? He said, nothing. Mike, come on, what, what's wrong? Leave me alone. Mike, what is wrong? You want to know what's wrong? You humiliated me last night in front of your friends. Yeah, because you were acting like a jackass. And then Mike says, the only reason, Ryan, that I act like a jackass around your friends is because I'm trying to get your attention. <clears throat> and then I said, absolutely nothing. Him and I just stared out into the ocean for uh, I don't know how long. But it was at that moment on that island that I realized that I'd been treating my little brother like an annoying little brother. 
And then I had an opportunity to have a really good friend. And so I haven't treated him like an annoying little brother since. I found that after I started treating him like a person and like a friend, it actually started to change a little bit. And he started being less annoying and being a really, really cool person. And today, my brother Mikey is actually one of my closest friends. 